Welcome to Creatives Grab Coffee, the podcast on the business of video production. Creatives Grab Coffee is hosted by Dario Nuri and Carol Lazaroff from Labs Productions. Our goal is to share knowledge and experiences from video production professionals around the world. Whether you're a freelancer looking to start your own business or a seasoned business owner aiming to scale your company, this is the show for you. Join us as we develop a community of like-minded creatives looking to learn and help each other grow. Welcome to the business of video production. Welcome to Creative Scrap Coffee. Before we get started with the show, let's go over today's sponsors. Do you have a shoot in Toronto? Do you need crew or a strong production partner to help you with your project? Laps Productions is one of the top production companies in Toronto and your go-to video partner. With our strong creative skills and extensive network, we can help you achieve your goal. Laps Productions is able to offer you production services, white label services, or finder fees for project handoffs. Reach out to us on our website at lapsproductions.com to learn more. My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group band packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We're more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Matt, welcome to Audio Process. We are a boutique audio company doing location sound, sound design, post sound, ADR, Foley. We service equipment. We do all your audio needs here in Toronto. We got you covered. Come on down, audioprocess.ca. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all of the other internet things to creativesgrabcoffee.com. They'll be waiting for you, I'll be waiting for you, and we're all gonna have a real good time. And now, let's begin the show. Welcome to another episode, everyone. Today we're gonna be talking about a pretty interesting topic that obviously concerns all of us in the video production space, and that's AI, and not just any AI, Sora. So two weeks ago, they released the Sora AI, which if you guys have been living under a rock and don't know, it's basically text to video. And it definitely got us thinking about what's going to happen to us in the future. Like, you know, granted, it's just at the beginning, but it's definitely going to have some wider implications. So anyways, in today's episode, we're going to be going over like the, the benefits and I guess the negatives. And then I guess where we see our, um, video production future going but before we really dive into it let's just uh first go over like what our first impressions were when we first heard the news about it what was like the first thing that popped in your mind dario when when it came in <laughs> that our job is at risk basically yep. it's <laughs> not done. now obviously because it's still <laughs> early but uh there's a uh, it's uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting future. You know, <laughs> first they they went after the graphic designers, and I kind of just went, ah, eh, they're not gonna come after me, and then and then they came after me. <laughs> <laughs> or technically, well, it was first they went after after people that eh, well, ChatGPT kind of took care of. Uh, I don't know. First they went after the the writers, essentially the writers, come. the writers, then the graphic yeah. designers, and now it's us. We're next on the chopping block. You're forgetting also the photographers because that was the the next bit with the, the AI photos that came out, and it, it got me thinking a lot about like kind of like how it's going to affect specific 
people within our industry and, and especially what industries it will affect. But that's kind of like something a little bit more um, a little later on. on that we can kind of go over. But um, what would you say are some of the really good aspects of the AI video coming in now? There's, there's quite a bit, actually. So, again, at first impressions was, oof, we're next. But when you look at it, um, from a business perspective, all these AI tools that are coming out essentially are just that. They're just tools, so they're just helping to streamline our processes in a way. So, and you know what? Lower costs as well. They're very cost-effective, right? So the way I'm looking at it is that it's it's going to help our business in the long term right because again um well let's go through like the, the very first one that i can well, think of on a technical level is like okay now we can uh include more b-roll content in our shoots right we can just it, like not now obviously because sort of just well, came out but maybe in the long term what we could do is just like let's say we're out of shoot uh we don't have time to grab something well we don't have to stress out we could go home and then just text a video it, and then boom, we have that B-roll shot we needed for the video. There it is. That's one really well, cool thing we could possibly do in the future. It's a potential, but again, it it also depends on what you're capturing. And this was like something that we've uh, we discussed before, where if it's specifically B-roll that might be even like taken from the stock footage world specifically, because a lot of the time when you're filming content for a lot of corporate clients, the stuff. There are sometimes footage and clips that you need to source from stock footage sites that are very specific to what you're talking about, something that may not be able to be captured at the location that you're filming. And this is something that could essentially affect that aspect of the whole process in terms of sourcing B-roll content. Um, I'm, I wonder how advanced it'll get to the point where if you feed it, uh, I'm curious if you feed, for example, some B-roll that you've already filmed from a certain shoot and asking it to say, give us a different angle with from this scene that we're filming. It's like, oh, can you include a, a wide from, from this scene based on the footage that we gave you? Well, you can that already I'm really do that curious. in Photoshop. You can already do that in Photoshop. I was speaking with a wedding photographer and he said that he took this shot of the bride and groom and he's like, oh, you know what? I wish that I shot it a little bit wider. So all he did was he, Use, I don't know what the tool is in Photoshop, but you can just like zoom out and it'll create uh, the missing stuff in there, the missing uh, yeah. contents. Well, so they're we also could probably doing... do that at some point with the They're, Sora they're doing it now, Dario. Like... Dario, they're doing it now already. I don't know if you know, but like a lot of people even take scenes uh, that they filmed in video and then they go into Photoshop to extend that frame. As long as you're, you don't want your subject to kind of go out of the, the normal frame, you could actually get it a little bit yeah, wider I've seen in those terms on, of that. But, yeah, I've seen those on Reels. Like they'll do like movie scenes and they'll just extend the the top and the bottoms. But that's that they're not really doing video out of it. They're doing that's that's what I mean. It's just like, an image. Yeah. Like once they can do video, that'd be pretty that's the that'd be a lot more interesting. Yeah, that's what I was touching upon. More so specifically, like say for example, you filmed um, a whole sequence of shots where you have like a like a nice wide, a nice close up or something. But it's like, oh, can you get a side angle shot of the subject that we're filming? That would be cool because essentially it's kind of recreating a different camera angle as well. Imagine even like if you're doing an interview, <clears throat> you do one camera, 
and then you ask uh, Sora to create a secondary angle with it. If it can get to that point, then that is definitely going to save a lot of budgets uh, in, in future video projects. I'm curious when it'll get to that point. Yeah, like I'm thinking if we're doing like an interview shot, we can just ask it, okay, can you... <clears throat> Can you whip up the secondary angle? Or, you know, it'd be really cool if you already have a secondary saying. angle. It's like, can you add movement to the secondary angle, right? Like, just have it be yep. like on a slider, have that kind of movement. That could be really cool. It sucks for, uh, you know, the videographer or cinematographer that's not going to get put on that project as a secondary. That's going to suck for them. But the way things are going, like with content, with the cause of projects, like the budget's dropping and people just wanting faster content outputs anyways yeah. like that's probably the future it's heading in anyways well so. the balancing act is also where there might be less people being hired for certain jobs but there's probably going to be more jobs as well because exactly what you touched upon the need there's always going to be a need for more content and the the more efficient projects can become the more efficient you can be with your budgets uh, the more potential there is to actually create to create projects because you were saying one of the yeah, that's not good one of, yeah I, I know that but i'm just saying that is what is kind of like headed but like if there's more work going around people will still find work but that is yeah, one but, potential but, but the, there's a get lot to the of, next if, point <laughs> if it's low budget stuff it's not it's not gonna like if the if if it lowers the barrier, I said efficient. I wasn't saying lower. I wasn't yeah, saying yeah, it yeah. has to get yeah, low. I was saying yeah, yeah. bigger projects can become more efficient and you can get more of those bigger projects. Yeah, it's yeah. slightly reduced budgets. Um, because what you were, uh, what we were talking about originally was also how it streamlines our production process. And um, the reason that budgets are going to become, uh, the reason people are going to be able to save on budgets and, and uh, pricing is because you're going to be saving time essentially as well. That is one of the biggest thing. When there's more time being saved, then it's also justifiable to be able to, um, for a lot of us on the creative side, to be, to be able to lower the budgets. It's like, okay, if people are trying to um, make their, if budgets are going to go down for projects, the time aspect has to also be, um, uh, how do you say, has to reflect that as well because you can't be like uh, lowering budgets and then increasing time in terms of work right because then no one can do it at that point right we'll see because uh, it depends on how easy it is to prompt the software because if the prompts take a while that's my then... point that's my point yeah so basically cost effectiveness like you can lower your project costs that's one benefit um enhancing the creativity like and by creativity yeah. i mean really just being able to capture more of what you wanted to capture and not having that time constraint in the first place. Because obviously when you're doing production, you're there for how many hours you are. So usually it's like 10 to 12 hour day and it's hard to fit everything in at the same time. And then I guess well, that the would other... be it. No, no, really, no. There's more. Really There's more. a lot more. There is more, Dario. Like one of the other aspects is in the planning stage and the pre-production process because Sometimes when you're coming up with concepts with a client, you need to come up with some creative ideas and even create visuals, mood boards, storyboards. Those things take quite a bit of time. And especially when you're like right now, like when you want to create a storyboard based on reference images, you have to look for those very specific reference images. There are tools out there like Frameset where you can Google specific frames that can kind of help you with that. 
Um, but again, you're pulling from past projects, past films and things like that. What this could potentially do is create a very unique storyboard that's based on a client's image, a client's uh, message. Um, like I'm curious if it gets to the point where you feed it all the different like branding guidelines and uh, visual elements and imagery from a client that you can kind of generate um, a unique storyboard that's tailored to that specific project. There's a lot of potential in the planning stage for it, which I think is great. Um, I mean, this also kind of goes back to, you know, AI photo that kind of can help with that. But the AI video aspect is like, you could actually see it in motion. It's like, how does this feel? You can pair it with, with, um, with some potential music options. It's like, see if we filmed it like this, with this song, this is the kind of, tone and energy you can kind of feel this is before you even get to the video filming part of the process or especially for animation uh, projects it's going to really be revolutionizing things because that is where I think will be the first industry that gets hit really hard with it before it gets to any other ones because that's the one where a lot of digital imagery is created from scratch rather than being filmed right yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess the pre-production aspect as well. Um, that's for Sora. Maybe. Yeah, I guess all, all aspects are going to be affected. It's going to be interesting. Interesting. But let's move on to the negatives. Oh, now before before we go to the negatives, there was one that we forgot to touch upon. Was that the one kind of silver lining in the future is that that will kind of keep a lot of jobs is the fact that it's going to be hard to replicate real people and real moments so i feel like a lot of event capture is still going to be very much in full swing because you're trying to capture real people um and i i think that's one of the industries uh, that's not going to be affected as much it i mean it can maybe enhance in certain situations but there's still going to be a need for people to capture events as they are happening. And so that is one silver lining is that that industry will still require people in our, in our space will we'll still need jobs. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the negatives, which there are many, I guess we'll start off with <laughs> the, the fact that, I, I mean, you mentioned how, uh, if videos become more cost effective and you know, like the budgets will get smaller and then you said that <clears throat> there'll be more work to go around because it'll lower the barriers to content creation for clients i actually think that's a very big negative because if it's mm -hmm. cheap to create content then you're, you're just going to work at bulk and yep. it's hard to monetize bulk especially in service it's very hard yep. so that's going to be a major major problem because if anyone can just pick up a computer and a camera and just quickly create a video for someone and have an AI kind of guide it through the whole story and then, you know, have another AI creating the story visually for them. I mean, how can we justify our pricing, right? So as an industry, that's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to navigate, to justify telling a client you need to pay me this because this is what I output, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of clients can't even clients and leads, they can't really tell the difference between good video and bad video. So we're already struggling on that yeah. side. Now you mix this into it and oh <laughs> my God, now it's, it's going to make the, the sales pitch a lot tougher than it already is. I think sometimes it's not so much the, the fact that they can't tell the difference between good and bad. I mean, that is the case a lot of the time. 
But a lot of the time, it's also just a matter of this is our budget. What can we get? Oh, we can get something great. That's all we need. Like they, it's sometimes some clients, they just need to get some form of video content. They don't need it to be Spielberg quality. And by that, I mean, like, for example, if it's a difference between like say 80, 90% and like 70% in terms of quality, if the 70% is significantly cheaper, they're going to always go with that, with that, uh, with that number, because that's what they can afford. It's like, if you start looking at things from a business perspective, you can understand why they go for certain decisions a lot of the time. Well, no, I, I don't, sucks, I don't but... understand it because the, the, again, why, why spend the money, why spend the money? Get some, get a bad product. No, that not, I don't get. Not, but it's like you can understand. Well. Like it's, you can understand reflection their on the, reasoning. On the employee but that's doing it to be honest with you, because a lot of times, like yeah, like they just don't know any better. But I feel like a lot of times they might not even care because it's again, it's not their money. But that's my money, point. I would like they be don't a care. Bit more <laughs> diligent than than I was than than I see, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a big problem in our industry. Lower, like I mean, it's already an issue now because you have <clears throat> the 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 lower the low barriers to entry in terms of gear alone means that we're dealing with more competition. I mean, granted, yep. we did benefit from that, but again, if it lowers, if it increases competition, it means the marketplace is going to be tougher, right, for you to sell yeah. your services. Like sometimes you see honest. it as well. It's like, oh, well, these guys are charging way less, and it's like, oh my god, now we got to compete with that and can tell them why we're better it's just it's just a hassle yeah yeah i mean barriers to entry are always going to be getting they're always going to be getting easier they're going to always keep lowering and it's going to be easier and easier to get into the industry like when we got into video production back then it was considered very easy to get into and it's like now you look back versus like how easy it is for people now to get into it compared to back then it's like wow like we had a lot of challenges that we had to circumnavigate uh, compared to what it would be like now and then now with this big leap in ai video it's gonna have to force everyone to adapt completely like ai i, I mean um video animators especially they're gonna have to completely pivot their their service offerings and their skill sets, they're essentially going to become AI video prompters, right? They're going to have to really develop that skill. It might actually help make their processes a little bit more efficient as well in terms of creating their content in bulk, maybe. But like that's one of the biggest shifters because I think, as I mentioned before, that is the one industry that one part of the industry that's going to be affected first and probably the hardest. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of other potential negatives as well. And like, uh, we, we already see this with a lot of other aspects in, in the world is AI fatigue, right? When you start seeing more and more AI video content, I feel like you could, you could always tell kind of like how you can tell in CGI movies that it's CGI. It's like, yeah, it looks really realistic, but at the it same time good. you can tell. Yeah. It looks good you at the tell. beginning. And then after, like, even with Sora, it looked really good. The first day it came out, I was like, Ooh, yeah. It's looking really good. But then after like a day or two, like, eh, yeah. When you keep you looking at it, you notice things. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, I think, I mean, again, it's in its early stages, right? It's probably going to get more advanced. But at the same time, it's 
I feel like we're still going to be able to tell. Uh, we're going to be able to tell when it's AI, you know, based on maybe like what the I people hope, are doing. I hope that's the case. Like, <laughs> I hope, uh, I hope. I, I think so, but I'd like to think so. Yeah, I hope that's the case because if not, then yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, again, we'll be able to create some really cool content with it if it gets to the point where it passes that uncanny valley. But uh, again, it will affect us negatively as well. Um, and, you know, we already mentioned how we'd be bringing less people to, to, to set as crew members. So there's already going to be a negative impact to, to, um, industry professionals in that sense as well. Like I'm thinking not just also from like Sora, but if you think about, for example, um, audio, you know, the mm -hmm. audio tools out there right now, those, the AI tools for audio, they're pretty damn good. So yeah. sometimes like if you're, if you're trying to close a deal and you're like, okay, the audio ops costing me, it's, it's bringing it over budget. And I just, if I can just cut that out, I can close the deal. You're going to cut that guy out and you're just going to go like, okay, I'll just use regular audio that I have like a task handle or whatever, a TGI mic, and then I'll just clean it up and post. And if it does like a pretty good job, well, a lot of people are going to make that decision. So. That's that's one crew member that's gonna have a tough time. We also already mentioned the secondary uh, cinematographer, second cam op is gonna be tough. Like, I mean, if you look at if you look at a lot of like historically in terms of jobs that would have to be cut out in terms um, to fit within a certain budget range for a project. Like, if you look back in the day when they were creating video content, you would need quite a few people even today uh, for a camera department, right? Like you would need a focus puller, you need another camera assist or uh, like first, second or third camera assists. But there has been leaps in technology, like for example, like for uh, lower budget projects, you know, a lot of corporate based projects sometimes where even just autofocus alone, that kills one entire job right there because you need to make it work. And <laughs> it's, it, it, the Sora's uh, introduction just kind of reminds us how every leap in technology is going to cut out a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like it could potentially create new jobs, right? Because essentially what people, what we're going to have to uh, become is AI video prompters. That's going to become a new job essentially, right? And so I mean, you got I don't into know. Like, this job because we'll you see. failed at essay writing. Well, sorry to tell you, <laughs> you got to get back into it. <laughs> You gotta get better at writing again. <laughs> yeah. Or you just or it's tell like, Jet give GPT me video. To, yeah, tell JetGPT write the prompt for me, please. <laughs> it illiterate. actually has that already. It actually has that already. Yeah. I was um when when Sora came out or the um when Sora was announced, I um I looked up what was uh, already kind of out there, and ChatGPT already has already has a Sora prompt aid. So you give it a little bit of a general description of what you want, and then you ask it to create a structured prompt for you and it gives it very well detailed it's like the tone energy you know you, you mentioned feel. the prompts like we have to become prompt engineers you know actually they're working towards uh going i forget what the term is for it but um because you know prompts have to be written in a certain way like i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm remembering like my mid-journey prompts like you can't write like a whole paragraph you have to write a couple words, comma, like this, that, 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 that. Like that has to be broken, right? <laughs> kind of like bulleted in a way. So bullet point. I yep. know they're trying to shift away from that to 
like more free flow. So you could just say something as simple as you just, just describe it in a paragraph type of situation. Right. So mm -hmm. that is the next, that is what they're trying to do. I think, I think stable diffusion is trying that, which means probably mid journey will introduce it. And if mid journey introduces it, then probably it'll be uh, included in, in Sora. So yeah. Majority prompt. I mean, uh, prompt prompt engineers. <clears throat> maybe who knows? It's it's evolving so quickly. Like again, just think about it. Last year they were doing the Will Smith eating spaghetti video, that horror film that they did, yep. and then now a year later they're already at this stage. <laughs> so God knows in a couple of years where it's going to be at. Um, so maybe even the prompting might be a lot easier, which again reduces barriers to entry. But um, there's another point I want to bring up, which I think is going to be very important. And I think a lot of people forgot about this. Um, Kiro, what's so special about this year? Oh, yeah, the election year. Okay, so yep. interestingly enough, they released something that can be a boon for nefarious actors that want to introduce uh, yep. misinformation campaigns, right? So as soon as I saw that, and I remember there was an election year, the first thing I thought of was, they're 100% going to try to include some type of legislation for AI-generated yeah. video, right? So as soon as that happens, I, I like it's probably going to say something like, oh, you gotta you got to have a watermark on the video saying it's AI-generated or a disclaimer at the beginning or end, right? So imagine how if you're creating like a how corporate they... video and like they they have to follow regulations, so they'd have to yeah. include a disclaimer for AI video at the beginning of the videos. That so, <laughs> as soon as I thought about that from the legal side, I'm like, they're pro like most corporate yeah. clients. I mean, I think the you know the big ones they're probably gonna have something against using AI generated video yeah. in their video deliverables because I know this... some of our clients they can't even use ChatGPT at work. They're not allowed to use yeah. it because, you know, it's information shared with the system and it, all of their stuff is proprietary, right? So probably with AI video will be the same thing. It's going to be like those disclaimers, uh, um, like for infomercials in the States, like it's going to first be like, this video may contain AI generated video content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it'll, it'll just basically be almost like how the pharmaceutical industry, how they advertise in the States uh, where it's like just very generic, happy footage, but like then listing out all the all the side effects that a lot of people might get from like buying that drug. Yeah. It could have a very similar stigma where it's like, okay, if there, it's like a, this video might have AI generated content, it's like, okay, what is now what, what's my opinion going to be going into this? It's like, am yeah. I going to immediately start assuming that everything is AI generated? Because then if like, because like you said, because of this, the news is going to become even more untrustworthy because you're not going to know what's real or fake anymore. And if you have to include a watermark you, uh, on AI video, it's a, you can't really crop it out because I've seen some sources like Cold Fusion, they touched upon like, oh, what if we just put uh, a, a watermark on the video? But it's like, yeah, but then you could just crop that out, you know, if it's in the corner or something like that. For a watermark to work, it would have to be like dead center, just completely covering the whole image. And then it's like, yeah, then no, I think the I think I, I don't think it'll do it like that. I think it'll just be something yeah. at the beginning. Like, uh, yeah, it, that's a disclaimer. It's not a watermark. It's the difference, right? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do what. Oh, or maybe they could put something in the metadata maybe but, but it'll, it, it'll 100 percent be something at the beginning of the video saying 
uh, following is AI generated content. It, it'll have to be like that. They're hundred percent going to do something like that. Yeah. Doing the metadata, I don't think is a trustworthy way because they, they had it as an example with AI photo content, where if they put it in the metadata of photos, but then people just screenshot it, that eliminates all that metadata right there. So then it, <laughs> like, it's, it's very easy to circumnavigate metadata, I think in that type of situation, but I, I think it's not going to be a watermark. I think it's going to be because the watermark will be too distracting <laughs> or unless it, unless it's something hidden in the image that you can easily tell, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, they're going to, I think it's going to be like the drug commercials. We'll put like a disclaimer at some point. This, well, like, again, this is for like stuff that this is like B2C type of stuff or public yeah. corporate content. Um, yeah, let's see how it goes. Uh, another thing is, uh, if you're publishing AI content on social media platforms, I know right now on TikTok, you got to tell it it's AI generated. Yeah. So, and I know AI generated content doesn't do as well organically. Yeah. From what I've read, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Well, Again, I'm not what, the best marketer, but that's definitely going to impact the client's decision to include so AI what content TikTok, in their videos. So because if it's not going to do well organically or even with some, like, you know, or whatever, like they might be more hesitant to use it. So what TikTok is doing right now is they're trying to train their own AI identifier um, where essentially it's asking users to tell it when it's uploading content, what is AI content and what isn't so that its own AI detection system can uh, learn how to identify AI content. So it's right now gathering data from that aspect and that is how they're going to train these AI detection systems where people tell what would be AI generated and what isn't you know we've mentioned how like some sometimes people make comments like oh this has to be ai or it may not be the case it would have to be up to the uploaders to identify it more accurately so i think it's going to get into the into the uh i i don't see it as an impossibility that a lot of social media platforms are going to be able to identify what is and isn't um ai it's kind of like how you see what what people identify as misinformation these days online it's like oh this this uh, topic this video talks about this topic so it may contain misinformation or this and that you know like there are forms of that already in regards to certain content so this is just another medium essentially that they're gonna have to try to identify and sort through but I don't know. It's it's <laughs> we're right, just from the, cor uh, from the corporate in. side. They're they're uh, again. I I can I can see clients being hesitant to use it if it's not going to perform as well as a non AI generated video. But the exactly. interesting thing would be if it is fully AI versus partly created. Yeah. By AI, that's going to be the distinct distinguishing factor. Because then again, as well, like what if it's like ninety nine percent real? But you just used like a little bit of AI, like you were missing a shot and you just put it in. You have to declare it as like a fully, like, you know, like this is an AI yeah. generated video. That's, that's the interesting part though. I'll have to have like different tiers. It's like, this is partly generated. This is fully generated. And then again, like the thing is, it's a problem if these social media giants decide they don't want to push it, which exactly could be the case but it could also get to the point where it's so common they might decide not to punish users for generating ai content could also be it could that also, who knows 
it could also enhance like I, I'm, I'm curious if it'll get to the point where like you feed it a, a, a video shot and, it, and you ask the AI software enhance this to look clean and polished and things like that you know almost like the post-production side of things you know like do a little bit of color correction and and things like that I wonder if it will uh, have that capability as well where to your point because AI was involved in creating that aspect, will it be flagged as AI content at that point, you know, when it comes to enhancing the content? But yeah. I mean, one of the other potential legal implications is if like you uh, create an AI, AI B-roll or content for some kind of organization and that kind of like promises something to the consumer and then the consumer purchases a product or service based on, on that false selling i, I don't that's know not, if that that's not that's not a problem to be honest with you like on it's not ours production. but it could it's not our, but for not, corporations it could be i mean to be honest with you every content we create goes to throw goes through so many levels like whoever screws that up it's up to them that's not really like a video productions no it's not for us it's more so on the on the client side right like it's that's, it is a that's there could be a potential be thing I know. I'm just problem. saying that that is a potential uh, thing from their end that they're gonna potentially be worried about. I'm right? just saying it has nothing to do with us. It's one of those things that's like, eh, who, who cares? It's not our problem. Um, ownership, that would be, that would be something that could potentially be a problem because who would own the content, right? If you fully generate it on like a platform like Sora, it's not owned by you. Or technically, I think how it works. No, yeah. So if you because I know for Mid Journey, like you don't own it or you, you have ownership, but so does OpenAI. They also it has own like everything. the full license. Yeah. Yeah. You have like a license to use it or something, or they say you own it. I don't know. It's, it's like a little tricky in that regard. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's, I can see clients being wary just because they won't be able to own the content. If yeah. it's B roll, I don't see it being an issue. But like, let's say you, you need to create. I don't know. If it's like, general. Imagine you got to create like a like a person and, you know, you're already using AI voiceover and you're just matching the two together. That could be a problem because then they don't own the content. So their legal department might tell them they're not allowed to do that. Because again, you, oh, and also because AI generated content on these platforms often is you don't own the copyright on it. So other people can just take it from you right but i'm trying to think yep. like from the corporate side like who knows i honestly i think to be honest with you i think we'll just be using it on the corporate side because we do a lot of b2b b2c yep. not so much b2c i think it's more b2b that we do i just see it enhancing whatever we already have that's how i really see it i don't see it like getting to that point where it's like oh my god these bigger philosophical and legal questions right yeah i mean like one one actually benefit that we didn't touch upon is that the AI video is not going to replace the need to capture, you know, important people and organizations. A lot of the time people need to hear real messages from the real leaders of like a, a like a, the CEOs, the CMOs of organizations um, where they're addressing the, the public, uh, other clients, their their employees, you still need to capture those people. You still need to film them. So it's not going to replace the need for that type of content either. And yeah, it could probably help enhance the process for capturing that content. It can help uh, give us better B-roll stock footage and things like that if it's needed for a certain project. 
you know, especially cutaway shots, you know, transition shots and things like that. It can, it can really help in that sense of the process, but the real meat of the content is still, if you have to capture real people, it's still going to be a need for us there. So that's, that's the one silver lining going forward is that people are always going to need to hear things from real people. And if it's AI generated, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to tell, I think so. That, but you know what? The caveat is you'll only be able to tell if you know exactly who those people are. Well, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of the time, these uh, like especially internal videos, you're addressing very specific people, especially when you're creating content for a corporation to uh, send out to their clients. They're going to know who they're hearing from. So I'm sure people will understand what's real and what isn't. I mean, again, who who knows? I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic here. Like I, it you know could what? get to the point where, but that, that could be a problem is like they create, if you create AI video of a CEO saying something that he didn't, could maybe potentially they might say something and it wasn't approved by the CEO. What happens then? You know, you know, I, that's like, not going to be an issue because stuff, especially stuff relating to the CEO goes through so many layers. That's yeah. That's that's the one thing though. <laughs> There's so many people writing like saying this is okay. Uh, you know what I was thinking would be really cool is like, yeah, you're there filming the CEO or whatever, and like you just wanted to add like an extra light that day, but you didn't have it with you, or you just didn't have didn't have it with you because of the environment you couldn't fit it in. You could yeah. just feed it into like Sora or whatever and say like add a hair light on the left side. Uh, matching yep. the intensity of the one on the right side and it does it that would be so cool <laughs> yeah well that goes back to what i was saying before where like the uh i wonder if it'll get to that point where it enhances the current footage that you feed it it's like here's I don't see the shot why not. like I don't it see should why not. it should get to that point and that will help in the post-production side of things sometimes especially if when I feel like it'll really come in clutch this AI software when you need to do fast turnarounds, especially. And the faster the turnarounds, you know, the more projects you can actually even complete. So there is that benefit to it as well. But I don't know. Like it, we, it's only like about a couple of weeks in since it was announced. We'll see when it launches, what applications people will start using it for, and then we can do a revisit episode and see like how it's in like a year or two and see how it's transformed or enhanced our industry, how we've potentially started using it. But it's, it's too early. It's too early. It's right too early. Now. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's well, as too soon early as they, they launch it, it's in the, the red team testing phase or whatever, but yeah, as soon as it's launched, it'll still be too early. It's, it's a couple years out. It's not around the yeah. corner. It's a couple years out. It's still going to be the, to fine tune it and make sure it's there's also the possibility it just never gets to be perfect. Like yeah. if you look at Midjourney, for example, they just can't figure out hands. They're on like on version <laughs> six now, and they just for the life of them, they just can't figure it it's out. It's just like like fifty like hands. Like oh, it looks like there's two fingers in reality. <laughs> no, it's it's more like the they can't they don't understand how many fingers hands have for some weird reason. Yeah. Getting them to do five fingers is like the hardest thing. So who knows? Like it might Bruce just Almighty. get to a point where it never like gets to Bruce Almighty stage. with like a few fingers. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I mean, again, we're already taking advantage of AI on our end. Uh, like we mentioned, audio editing. Obviously, we use ChatGPT. I've been testing out Gemini lately because ChatGPT has been annoying the hell out of me. I hate the way it just answers stuff and how... like. Oh, you know what though? Here's a here's a potential downside of Sora. So, ChatGPT 
during the golden era, you know, pre-March 2023, would just give you stuff, right? Yeah, just tell it, it would just do it. It was amazing. And now, like, you really, it wants you to do the work. It really wants you to, like, take the <laughs> outlines and actually write the blog post yourself, which I refuse to do because I'm too busy, right? So yeah. it can possibly get to that stage, too, with video AI where, or text to video AI, where it's like, at the beginning, yeah, I could kind of get it there, not there yet. Then it gets to it, and then it really, really forces you to, I don't, I don't even know what it would force you to do, but it would make you jump through hoops and loops I will to tell try you to get what, what you want. I, I'm calling it right now. I'll tell you exactly what it's going to be. All those current videos were, were with very simple prompts. It's like create a, an astronaut in space scene and it'll create it. What it's going to start asking you to do is start to describe everything. Describe what he's wearing. How does his face look? But you'd and have what is his expression? You'd have, like, to. you'd have to be very specific with no, every but you would little have, detail. Yeah, but Kirill, you would have to because otherwise it'll just do random stuff. That's right? true, yeah. You would have to be very specific about everything. You, you mentioned yeah. streamlining it, streamlining your your stuff further. It will probably get to the point where it might be easier to just film it. Sometimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you're doing something creative like that, like a, a, a someone on the moon or whatever. For basic yeah. or stuff, animation it might just be work. easier to just film it. Like you know that classic phrase, you know, don't leave it to, don't do it in post. It could, it could get to that stage too with video, text to video AI, where you're like, you know what, let's just film it because it might be too difficult to get it to be exactly like this um yeah well one one thing they could possibly do and this might be a usp for us in the future is um we could like i'm thinking i think stable diffusion does is you can create your own like custom preset or i don't know what the term is for it again i'm not the most technical guy out there um but like imagine for a specific client you would create their own custom a ai presets for like the video yeah. side of things, right? So like branding guidelines. It has all their branding <laughs> guidelines in there. No, yeah, seriously. And then even yeah. like the look for their videos, it's all part of that. Cause I'm thinking if you're doing text to video and you're doing not just one off clips, there would have to be a consistency in the content. Yeah. So you would have yeah. to have like a specific I don't know, preset designated to consistently get the same content out of that, uh, at the, out of those series of prompts, right? So that could be yeah. potentially one thing that we could use as a, as a USP um, and that that we could tell clients. It's like you have your own AI, uh, custom AI for this project. So we will create your own profile and it'll be everything that we create will be tailored for your content. And then that might uh, might justify the uh, potential cost increase as well, right? Because it has to be like custom to that client, you know? Yeah. Well, it's the creative input that you're putting in that you're going to be charging for. You know, sometimes you're not, it's not always just pure labor that you're charging for. It's also what, what value you're giving the client at the same time. There's always that kind of little bit of a balancing act. You have to kind of determine when you are quoting for things. Not even um, creativity, one other, not, not even creative input. It's actually, it would just be consistency. Yeah. Because but imagine you're creating the to, initial creative for it to be able to be consistent, right? Yeah, yeah. no, the but idea. the consistency would probably be the key because yeah, you could go to Sora and get something and then you might go to another um, text to video software and get something else. 
but trying to match those two would be like trying to match like different camera footage together in a way right or even between shot to shot might be the same situation like imagine if imagine in a video like you're creating let's say 30 percent of it would be ai generated right but like what would the consistency be like imagine it like the difficulty in trying to get it to all be similar like try doing that in mid journey try to create like a consistent series of images and like craft a story out of that it's actually tough it's very tough so it'll probably be the same thing with the video so that would probably be a usp and you know what we would just be we wouldn't really be losing money on projects we'd just be shifting budget so again if production cheapens out a little bit well that would probably just go to pre-production or post so maybe like if you were very production side heavy it would just end up being more pre-production heavy now cost wise or post-production side yeah, well, it's essentially kind of like how you shift money around when you're doing animation videos, right? There you spend uh, all the time that would have been in production, more so in the pre-production side of things. Like in when you're creating an animation video, it's like 80% pre-production, 20% actual creation of the content. Because at that point, everything has been decided and then it's just t- minor tweaking, right? So it'll it'll be something very similar to that where it's going to be more more uh, less production focused more pre and post side of things another um thing that we did t- talk about a, a couple of days ago was about how potentially what this what you could even do with this down the road is if you were to go to a certain location remotely and film the entire space and kind of like 3d map it almost and then feed that into sora maybe you can tell swords like hey here is the space for the look almost like a location scout right so you do a location scout and you 3d map everything there with polycam and you, can, and you just yeah, do like, like a lidar scan of like the whole area or like the shooting area exactly and then you can tell uh, you can tell sora hey we want to create this kind of sequence of scenes with th- these people can you create a uh, mock-up storyboard video or film of it, right? Like this is kind of like where it goes back to where it can help in the pre-production where you map out almost the entire scene of what it'll look like and it'll look very realistic. It's like, and then you can show it to a client. It's like, hey, this is what we're going to go for with your people and your talent. Uh, let's let's plan for it. Like it, it could be very interesting to that point where even if the video is so good, you may not even need to actually film it. You know that scan will will essentially do it for you. But I don't know. It, again, everything we're talking about in this video, it's all speculation of what could happen. You know, based on what we've seen in the past. It's still early days. You know, we'll see what happens in a couple years time. How it gets integrated in it. You know, I, I mean, with the introduction of AI photos. I still think that there is a need for photographers now. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Speaking of photographers, I, I was speaking with a photographer friend of mine. He mentioned that there's people using AI to create headshots out of their photos. Have you seen that? What? No, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Man. But yeah, it's the... still not there. So anyways, we're obviously going to advocate for for our side. <laughs> more so advocate for us the, being there the, than the ai side but i don't know i think if you're i mean i think if you're actually in immersed in it you'll understand the limitations and but again who knows yeah. they might just figure it out who knows it'll be interesting i mean why I did think this have to happen also... to our generation we're dealing with so much stuff <laughs> covid this 
2008. This is every generation. This is every generation that that says something like this. I'm, I'm sure the previous generation of photographers and and uh, and uh, videographers they had film like, for the longest how... time. Carol, what are you talking about? They they were dealing I know, with they film were, they, for like a hundred yeah, years. I know they were dealing with film, and then the introduction of digital all of a sudden almost killed them. You know. Like a lot of other, a lot more people started coming in and taking their work, you know. Oh, I'm like, saying oh, they at least our got generation. To, they got to enjoy it. We got, we got digital. We started like what mid, mid, to, early to mid 2000s. That started right, and now it's already changing. So, but anyways, who knows? Who knows what the future is going to be like? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, but I, I think the the successful people in our industry will learn how to adapt and integrate it in a certain way or navigate it. Uh, I think there's still also going to be the need for clients wanting to uh, have a good experience working with people at the same time. You know, if it's just always going to be just one person in a room, just <laughs> just dealing with. I think the, computer. the budget is going to. I think the budget is going to be the determining factor for that one, Carol. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying. It's like what people will want to go for, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. That's that's all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, let us know if you had differing opinions or if you agreed with us. Let yeah. us know in the comments. And yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creatives Grab Coffee. Please make sure to follow and engage with us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, and your favorite podcast app. Creatives Grab Coffee is created by Laps Productions a video production company based in Toronto, Canada. Creators Grab Coffee is also sponsored by... My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group fan packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We are more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt. Welcome to Audio Process. We are a boutique audio company doing location sound, sound design, post sound, ADR, Foley. We service equipment. We do all your audio needs here in Toronto. We got you covered. Come on down, audioprocess.ca. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all of the other internet things to creativesgrabcoffee.com. They'll be waiting for you, I'll be waiting for you, and we're all gonna have a real good time. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.